The Coffee People podcast is presented by Roastar Coffee Packaging. Roastar, which you can find at roastar.com, is a digital printing company that makes custom printed packaging that makes even small coffee roasters look like a really, really big deal. With fast turnarounds, high quality products, and low minimums, Roastar will quickly become your number one favorite source for custom product packaging, and it's made in the United States. Small, mid, and large roasters who are ready for an upgrade can learn more on Roastar.com. Link in this podcast's show notes. Welcome to a very special Specialty Coffee Association Expo bonus episode of the Coffee People podcast, which, as you know, is part of the Roast West Coast Coffee Network. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where we engage with coffee industry people in an effort to uplift the community of craft coffee. Basically, we ask people, why do you do this? How did you get here? What inspires and motivates you? And what have you learned along the way? Of course, we occasionally go on a few tangents, too. And for the first 100 or so episodes of this show, we sprinkled in coffee education in the form of our Coffee Smarter segments. Those coffee education segments, in particular the ones focused on helping listeners make better coffee at home and make better coffee choices out in the world, were so popular that we've spun them off into their own podcast. Search for Coffee Smarter wherever you're listening to this show. Hit the follow button, and if you're feeling generous, Give the podcast a five-star rating, because have we ever led you wrong before? This show, Coffee People, is still on break between seasons, but we're not just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. Do people still use that expression? Doesn't matter. It isn't what we're doing. We're doing coffee things, like going to Portland, Oregon, for the 2023 Specialty Coffee Association Expo, along with 12,000 other coffee industry professionals and just lovers of good coffee. This was my first expo, and this show's sponsor, Roastar Coffee Packaging, was kind enough to invite me to use their booth space in the afternoons to chat with people like you, coffee people. But I wanted to get a warm-up interview in before taking on the chaos. Luckily, I met Daniel Paskill from White Rock Coffee in the press room. Let's make sure I figured out how to do it. Uh-oh. I'm going to find out you didn't record any of it. <laughs> You're going to find out that I didn't record you... any of that. Stop. Really? <laughs> but is it recording? I don't think it was. <laughs> this is new to me. Okay. Hey, no worries. I get it. That was a great test run. Okay, good. Here's the thing. Good. I'm glad. I can't check to see if it actually recorded. Okay. So, you want to film this let's just do it again, just, in case? Yeah, just in case. Let me see how different those two takes are, if I can replicate <laughs> exactly what I said the first time. Okay, this actually says recording. The red light has been on this whole time. Okay. So if it's not recording, I don't know what to do. But let's start over. Sure. Uh, if you could, tell us your name, the company you work for, and uh, your role at the company. Sure. So my name is Daniel Pascal. I work with White Rock Coffee. They're based out of Dallas, Texas. 
So uh, I work with White Rock Coffee based out of Dallas, Texas, and I'm the assistant manager of coffee education there. So I do all of our internal trainings for barista and brewing skills, and I assist with SCA classes that we put on at our brew lab. Uh, how big, how long have you been around? What's the story with White Rock? Yeah, so White Rock is approaching um, 17 years old uh, now. I believe we're going to hit that in just a few months, so that's very exciting. We're one of the oldest uh, specialty roasters in the Dallas area so if you were around in the early 2000s like 2006 7 something like that if you were drinking specialty it was probably white rock in that town and these last few years have been a period of really strong growth for us we're at six locations right now um, we have our own coffee roastery that's doing really really well for our wholesale and e-commerce side uh, we have our own bake shop and commissary in-house that we own and operate, so we produce all of our own food. And we also have uh, an SCA training campus that is ours as well in Dallas, where we put on um, barista, roasting, and sensory classes for not only people in Dallas, but um, internationally as well. Very cool. Uh, most important question that I ask everyone, when you go to a new-to-you coffee shop, what do you order? So, favorite coffee drink for me is espresso so espresso has got to be number one uh, that has because there's so many variables so many ways that espresso can go the wrong route a shop that can do it consistently well always catches my eye um, even if it's not specifically like my style of roast or coffee if it's consistent that's a good thing uh, another one would be their drip as well drip coffee is a great way to test um, a coffee shop's kind of pride in their work because if they don't take the time to make sure their drip coffee is correct I don't know how well I can trust all of the other um, more highly flaunted parts of their menu very cool well thank you very much for uh, being on the show yeah sure thing I enjoyed it pretty sure that one we got okay good <laughs> good okay good so it is safe to say the coffee people podcast recording sessions at expo got off to an inauspicious start I hope I used that word correctly what can I say? It was a new microphone. I'm usually recording from the closet studio back home. Thankfully, Daniel was kind about my misstep and generous with his time. Before we go any further, I want to let you know that I'll share all the links from today's episode in the podcast show notes and on roastwestcoast.com. But if you want to check out White Rock Coffee while you're listening to the rest of this show, head to wrcoffee.com. The following recordings were all held at the Roastar booth inside the great room of the convention center. I love that you hear the energy of the convention in the background, but my voice may sound a little bit muffled due to the N95 mask I was wearing inside the center. I tried to project my voice, but there's only so much I could do without taking it off. I'm not quite ready to do that in such a large group yet, but that's okay, because I'm not the important one on this show. The guests are. Guests like Robert Aiken the head roaster at North Shore Specialty Coffee in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, my name is Robert Aiken. I work for North Shore Specialty Coffee cool. at, in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm the roaster. And what do I love about coffee? I love that it brings people together. Not just at an expo, but life conversations that happen. Hey, I need to talk to somebody. Let's meet for a cup of coffee. Very Trying cool. to increase that experience develop that experience as much as possible awesome so then my next my follow-up question to that is when you go out into the world yep. forget the expo yep new coffee shop what do you order man i like to see what they have i like to try each of their roasts 
I'll get, I usually go for a lighter roast, see what kind of flavors they're bringing out. Medium roast, but at the end of the day, I like coffee. I like coffee. I, I can drink a bad cup, and I can, uh, I can really enjoy a good cup. So I just like the community that it develops. After Robert, I was visited by the effusive Tiff Trent of Bongo Java Roasting Company in Nashville, Tennessee. You take that at night excited for my coffee in the morning. That's why I love coffee. It's the best part of the day. My name is Tiffany Trent. You can call me Tiff, and I work for Bongo Java. When you go to a new coffee shop, what do you order? I order the same thing everywhere I go. It's kind of basic, but I get an iced oat milk latte with some vanilla. I didn't realize it at the time, but I've actually been to Bongo Java and Fido, one of their cafe spaces, while passing through Nashville. I remember thinking, Bongo Java, that's a fun name. During my next interview with Larry, a roaster from Neon Llama Coffee, you can hear coffee beans being rotated in the background. That was one of the reasons it was so much fun being at SEA. There was a ton going on all around you all the time. It was the ultimate in sensory overload. So if you wouldn't mind, just tell me what your name is and what company you work for. Uh, Larry, coffee, uh, coffee roaster from Neon Llama. Neon Llama is a coffee great, great name for a coffee company. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm wondering why do you love coffee? Uh, I've been loving coffee my whole life. You know, when you're a kid, you start drinking coffee, uh, cold coffee from your parents' cup, right? For some reason, I love that. And it just grew back from the 60s, you know, before coffee ever got to the specialty range it is in now. Uh, just always loved the flavor, you know. And now it's just really great because there's so many great coffees around. It's really we have, cool. We have expanded our coffee world for sure. Yeah. Uh, the last question I have for you, most important thing, if you go to a coffee shop you've never been, what do you order? Pour over. If they make them. <laughs> you know, uh, I get disappointed in coffee shops that don't do pour over. Because that's, you know, I want a, the fresh flavor of the coffee. I don't want something that's been sitting in a you know, machine for a while. Fresh coffee is the, the only way to go, as far as I'm concerned. If they don't do pour-overs, then I'll just get what they brewed, I guess. Or a shot of espresso. If I come to Woodland, Washington, go to Neon Llama, what should I order? Uh, pour-over. I could be wrong, but I think Larry is all about the pour-over. And I get it. He referenced drinking coffee cold when he was young. I do that now. Not intentionally, but because I've set my coffee cup down, lost track of time working on this podcast, and then found it again an hour later. Often, my favorite coffees are just as good at room temperature, as they are right after the brew. I feel that I can even pull more flavors out when my palate isn't navigating around the temperature of a hot cup of coffee. After Larry, the baton was passed to the co-founder of La Republica Superfoods, Mark Murphy, and from the jump, his passion for the mushroom coffee his company produces was evident. Even then, I look for places with mushroom coffee because, like LA, most coffee shops do have it, um, and it's fun when you actually are at a, you know, you're at a place and you see that somebody has a chagachino or something because it's it's the fastest growing area of coffee. And it seems like nobody's heard about it. Starbucks got into the game this week, so they've heard about it. They've done their research, but half the people you talk to are like, mushroom, what? They have no idea. <laughs> so 
Well, let's get started with that. What right, is your name and what is the name of your company? What do you do? Mark Murthy, I'm the co-founder of La Republica Superfoods Mushroom Coffee. What is mushroom coffee? Ours is actually not a coffee alternative. It's coffee with mushroom extract added, all at the highest level, organic, fair trade, and most mushroom products out are not real mushrooms, believe it or not. Some don't even have mushrooms in it. It's made with the roots of mushrooms grown on grains and ground up. Ours is actually full fruiting bodies of mushroom, which means it grew on a tree. We took the actual mushroom and made it into a powder. Uh, at a high extract level and added it to coffee so that it's better than taking a pill. What is it that you love about the industry? Why did you get into this coffee, coffee mushroom industry now? Well, I was a songwriter and our competition was the first mushroom coffee in the world called Four Sigmatic, now a multi, multi-million dollar company. And they were the only mushroom coffee and we used to drink it before we do a songwriting session because of the focus that uh, Lion's Mane mushing, Mushroom gives, gives you massive focus. You can score up to 20% higher on tests when you're on Lion's Mane Mushroom, so college kids know about this. And uh, so we were taking it, but the coffee tasted horrible. So we said, can we make something better, make it all organic and fair trade? And that's why we started. We were the second instant mushroom coffee company and only the third mushroom coffee company. And now there's 150 at least. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. I, I, I knew of like a couple, but in I didn't know three that years. Many. Well, Laird Superfoods recently got into it. Califia, which is the big almond milk company, they have mushroom coffee in all the stores now, black in, a, in like a container. Um, Ohm, which was just mushrooms, fake mushrooms, by the way, but Ohm now does a mushroom coffee. If you go into Erwan or Central Markets or Whole Foods, they have mushroom coffee on the menu. Like it's, it's Bristol Farms, any... Any like high-end retailer, grocery store has it on the menu. And so it's kind of like kombucha 10 years ago. I talked to people about kombucha, they had no idea what it is. And you can't go anywhere now with kombucha, not on the menu. So it's, it is the largest growing kegger of, of coffee industry is mushroom coffee. So. Wow. Um, so then can you find mushroom coffee out in the, like, what do you order when you go to a coffee shop here out on the road? The popular names are like a Chagachino, which is Chaga mushroom added to a cappuccino, or a Lion's Mane latte, which Lion's Mane's the big focus mushroom. So they're focusing on single mushrooms and what that does. Chaga gives you clean energy. I, I, they do a hundred different great things for the body, but the main things they do, people will take it for. We have seven mushrooms in our coffee, so it's what I call kind of the full spectrum of um, you're getting the benefits of all seven mushrooms. They're cancer fighters, they're anti-inflammatories, they're, uh, I mean, just blood sugar levelers. I mean, when you read through what mushrooms do in the body and have done for thousands of years, um, it's, it's an incredible thing. Oh, reishi's been really popular. Reishi tea, people probably heard of 10, 20 years ago. Um, coffee and tea shops will have a reishi tea. It's very calming, not just like, makes you sleepy but it just calms your spirit so we have reishi chaga lion's mane and four others in our coffee wow well before before you go tell us the name of that company again yes la republica superfoods we're an la based company so the la with the three stars over it kind of symbolizes la republica and um yeah we we are getting into uh mushroom teas mushroom matcha and we've got golden milk and 
hot chocolate with mushrooms. So, you know, anything that's good, we can add mushrooms to it and make it better. Quick disclosure time. This show isn't making any claims about the health or focus benefits of mushrooms or mushroom coffee. I do love mushrooms, but I haven't researched the effects of ingesting mushrooms previously, nor read up on it since meeting Mark, at least not yet. But I can appreciate how his personal experience led to a career in the coffee industry. That chat also gives me a reason to point out how much bigger than coffee the Specialty Coffee Association Expo and the coffee industry at large is. Coffee is the connector, but the floor was full of people from other steps along the supply chain including representatives for organic or fair trade organizations, manufacturing companies producing coffee bean sorting machines, and even graphic design companies looking to share the stories of other coffee companies. That barely scratches the surface of the number of different companies and industries that were represented at the SEA Expo. Desi and Taryn were the next guests to stop by the Roastar booth. My name is Desi, and I work for Big Blue Coffee Company, um, which is in healthcare in the Coeur d'Alene area in Idaho, North Idaho. And we use a local roaster, Evans Brothers Coffee Company, out of Sandpoint. Very cool. Coeur d'Alene may be the most beautiful place that people know about, but they never go because it's so far north. Well, they're they're coming in, <laughs> by the drones, and so the secret is out. The it is very is beautiful. Um, there's something for everyone. Lots of coffee, too. You, I mean, I, I don't want to lots. shout out anyone besides Evans Brothers, but you will find a lot of coffee. Yes, there. there is lots of coffee, but fewer specialty coffee done well. Let's say you are traveling like you are now. You go to a new coffee shop. What do you order? I usually order um, a dopio. I want the full you know, roastiness of the, of the espresso. I want to taste that. And uh, the first thing I do is I listen for the steam wand. And if I can hear it screaming, I usually turn around and leave. <laughs> dark roast. So, yeah, she's a dark roast coffee. The darker, the better. Drip coffee. Usually. If it tastes like I licked an ashtray and then drank it, love it. Love the ash flavor when you get a nice dark coffee. <laughs> that sounds, I don't want to stereotype, but like Northern Idaho to me. You're yeah. not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. Just hit me with a nice cup of dark roast. And if it's not good coffee, then I might come back to you for some cream. What is it that you love about the coffee industry as a whole? Well, um, I've been in the coffee industry for probably 20 years. And you would think that, you know, when you've been in doing something for as long as I have, you know, you know it all. But in coffee, you never know it all. The, uh, you know, the extraction principles change, the, you know, brewing vessels change. And I think the people are the thing that don't change it's a coffee community and when i come to these events it's like a it's like a reunion it's like a family reunion and i think that's what i love about it is just the community of people like we're all um, in it together and we might have you know a cafe up the street from somebody else but at the end of the day we want them to be successful also and so i think just the community of what coffee does to like people and bringing them together to produce a really great moment for people and they could come around the table and share that so that's what I love about it so. I love it because I don't know there's too many places where I can buy something from rural Ethiopia from somebody that I will probably never meet never know and lives in a completely different lifestyle and have it travel all the way to North Idaho where I finish it and hand it to somebody else who's from God knows where and it just kind of brings everybody full circle and it's delicious 
I don't know that I love anything else taste-wise more than coffee, but there's also that side of it where when you think about it, how far it travels, no other food product travels that far and tastes that delicious. I do love to visit northern Idaho, and if you weren't familiar, adopio is the Italian term for a double espresso. You don't hear that much in the United States unless you're in the Pacific Northwest, where Starbucks used to have it on their menu. I've heard the term, but I admittedly did a smile and nod in the moment, until I had a chance to double-check my coffee vocabulary Rolodex. Desi was definitely not wrong in her proclamation that no matter how long you've been working in coffee, you never know it all. Finally, I closed my first day at the expo with a great conversation with Rich, the head of coffee quality at Discourse Coffee in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My name is Rich Stouter. Um, I am here representing Discourse Coffee from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, we are a third wave coffee shop that basically has kind of blended and mixed uh, mixology as well as gastronomy into our mix of coffee. Uh, we have two uh, shops as well as a sister company called The Counter, um, all in Milwaukee area. And uh, we just love having fun and doing things that are a little bit different compared to the norm. And uh, it's been just wonderful. And this is actually basically... Let's see, last time I've been to Expo was back in, holy crap, 2016. So it's been a while. <laughs> wow, say that again. You, uh, you said a really fancy, important thing at the beginning. You specialize in gastro what? what? Uh, so we take and mix gastronomy as well as mixology into our coffee. Wow. So, like, yeah, we've got some crazy stuff. Things that, like, uh, we kind of fall more into the experimental realm. Uh, for example... We have a drink right now that uses basically uh, butterfly pea flower tea uh, mixed with a chamomile um, infused uh, milk that literally will blow your mind off. When the, by the time the drink is done, which is called Waves Within, you literally feel like you are drinking almost like Blue Moon ice cream. It is fantastic. What is it that you love about coffee and the coffee industry? Honestly, for me, um, so like I took a hiatus from coffee for a little bit for like four years. And uh, my wife and our um, owner and founder of Discourse kind of pushed me back into coffee. Honestly, it's the friendships, the networking, as well as the direct relations that I have gotten to be a part of. Um, I have met so many amazing roasters that it has just blown my mind. Basically, people who literally, like, as soon as they see you, just give you a big hug and they're like, welcome, dude, like, how's it going? Like, oh, dude, you got a ruby hat on. That's awesome. <laughs> Are you from Wisconsin? I'm originally from Wisconsin. I live in California now, but okay. Ruby's near my hometown. I'm actually in the same hometown as the Roastar people here. For real? So Wassa? Yeah, that's where I grew up. Nice. And, uh, as you were saying, I met the team from Roastar at yeah. Coffee Fest LA, saw the tag and said, I know that town. Yeah. And they're like, no, you don't. I'm like, I lived there for 30 oh, yeah. years. Like, I know that town. And now here we are. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I know Jared, who is the owner of uh, Ruby Coffee. So uh, way back in 2017, at that time I was working for a coffee shop in the Milwaukee area called Stone Creek Coffee. And I got the opportunity uh, to be introduced to Jared. And uh, me and a couple other um, people from Stone Creek actually went 
to uh, Jared's shop when he had just opened his roastery up in uh, Amherst, Wisconsin. And uh, that was so much fun. And he got to show us all around his like probot uh, roaster and just like seeing everything. And um, I usually, uh, my wife and I, we live in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Basically, we always frequent his spot up in uh, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. So we like taking these little drives where we kind of just go everywhere looking for basically coffee crawling. So. <laughs> If you show up at a coffee shop you've never been to, yes. what do you order off the menu? Cortado and an espresso. And it's usually a single origin espresso. Because I want to see, basically, if I can get like a killer shot and you know how to make a great Cortado, we're golden. So I'm very picky, but at the same time, I love getting to see all the new um, experimentations of uh, espresso that are out right now. So. Always fun. My interaction with Rich may most accurately represent what the weekend was like for me. Great conversations with highly caffeinated, incredibly passionate coffee professionals who were equally as excited to connect as I was. I looked up that drink he mentioned, Waves Within, and oh my, oh my, it looks interesting. I'm going to post a photo and the ingredients list in the newsletter that accompanies this podcast, which you can find on roastwestcoast.com. I want to thank everyone who joined me at the expo day one and day two and three, uh, but we'll do that again in another show, for spending a little bit of time with me. The same way that I want to thank you for spending your time listening to this show. I'll drop another episode featuring more from SCA early next week. Stay tuned and don't forget to follow all the great coffee people you heard today. You'll find links to their websites and social medias in the show notes and on roastwestcoast.com. Also, a big thank you to this show's presenting sponsor, Roastar, for letting me invade their space last week. This podcast is also supported by some great coffee industry partners. They are Camp Coffee Company, Coffee Cycle Roasting, Crossings Coffee, Hasea Coffee Source, Ignite Coffee Company, Marea Coffee. Joe, if you're listening, I know you had a good time at SCA. I'm looking forward to connecting again soon. First Light Coffee Whiskey, K-Porn Coffee Importers, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Ascent Coffee Roasters, Moster Coffee Company, and the cafe I went to this morning, Steady State Coffee Roasting. I actually popped up at Ascend Roasters in San Marcos, California last weekend, and I always leave there a little bit lighter, floating on the good vibes that their team puts out. This episode of the Coffee People Podcast, which is part of the Roast West Coast Coffee Network of Shows, is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this episode has found you happy, healthy, and with at least a thread of sanity left, enabling you to make it through the day. Always tip your baristas, and be sure to drink good coffee. Yes, we have sponsors, great sponsors, but this podcast is primarily a listener and reader supported creative effort. Some of you amazing listeners and readers have chosen the paid subscription option to the Roast West Coast Coffee Newsletter on roastwestcoast.com. Those supporters are part of a growing community of people who really appreciate craft coffee, learning about coffee, and being inspired 
by the guests on these shows. If you are able, and this show has been going well for you with your morning mug of your favorite cup of coffee, please subscribe to the paid newsletter option at roastwestcoast.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. And thanks for drinking good coffee.